Wouldn't it be a blessing to be able to take your last breath? I've heard a lot of saints taking their last breath, and in the process of taking the breath, they just said, Amen. And uh, they, they basically are saying Jesus led them all the way. That's the best thing. Take your Bibles, go to Micah. Micah chapter, chapter 5. Glad everybody's out today. Micah chapter 5, verse 1. Says now gather thyself in troops. You can stand. It ain't gonna hurt you to stand. Joseph, what's your problem, man? You're setting a bad example for everybody up front. They're all looking at you, man. Is this working? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'll wait till you get back to your seat. How about that? Take your time. Take your time. No pressure. We're not trying to make you sweat or anything. <laughs> Micah chapter 5, verse 1. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler of, in Israel, whose going forth had been from old, uh, from everlasting. Father, again, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the songs that's already been said, sung. And Lord, thank you for your blessings. Uh, Lord, it is true. The, Lord, there's so much stuff. When the, the world today, Lord, just takes this holiday as a singular little thing, and it, it's a whole lot more than that. Uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless the message this morning and the hearers. And Father, we'll praise you not in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, title of this message is Little Town of Bethlehem. Uh, I've been in Bethlehem. If you've never been there, I've been there a couple times. Bethlehem isn't much. Uh, back in the day back here, it wasn't much at all. Uh, it was just a little hole in the wall. Uh, Jacob, when Ra uh, Rachel died on the way after serving her little gods, uh, he buried her in, in Bethlehem. That's where her tomb is at. Uh, but, but Bethlehem is just a little place there. And he says, but thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee uh, shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth had been from uh, of old, from everlasting. Uh, brother, I'd like to say today, that, I mean, well, we celebrate a holiday called Christmas. And everybody wants uh, this, it all focuses down and we focus on the eating and everything else. And, and I got some cookies back on my desk that I'm, I'm praying about whether to eat or not. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's anymore, you start looking at that stuff and you eat it, you know it's going to cost you when you eat it. So it's, it's, you got to weigh everything out. But, but Bethlehem wasn't much of anything. Uh, but it's, 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 it's good to note that it was where Boaz met Ruth. <coughs> Boaz, uh, 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 Ruth, Naomi was from Bethlehem. She left and went to Moab and she came back. And just lo and behold, there's where Ruth, uh, Boaz was. Bethlehem had some good things happen in it. That was a really good thing. Happened, it just so happens that Boaz and Ruth are in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. It was where King David grew up. That's the little town. Jesse was a Bethlehemite. That's where he grew up. That's where Je uh, David was in the fields in Bethlehem uh, out there. Just like the angels were going to come one day, David was out there playing his little harp, taking care of the sheep out in the field, just like the angels was going to come that day and catch the shepherds out there. A shepherd was already out in the field one day. Uh, it was where Jacob buried Rachel, his wife. I said that. And it was where Jesus was born. 
What a great thing, man. Bethlehem, the, the Old Testament, what's amazing about it is so many times we'll get a little uh, Christmas story and, and, and Jesus and get the manger scene. Beth's got this manger at home on our mantle. Uh, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of in between Christmas and not Christmas and maybe though, but I got her a Christmas tree. I was, I was gracious, man. I went out and bought her one. Uh, and she gave our other one away, and, and uh, it went into good use. And, and I'm sitting there going, Lord, I get her the lights, and I get her this, dwell with them according to knowledge. You got to, you know, you got to be, man, it's, I got to live with her the rest of the year. <laughs> Have you ever looked up, it's better than, it's better to? You ought to look up, it's better to. Just throw that phrase and see how many better twos are in the Bible. <laughs> A lot of them apply to your wife if you're married. And it's better to... Do something sometimes and not do them. <laughs> Take your Bible, go to Matthew 118 real quick. And then I'm going to jump around for a few minutes. And then uh, all you have to do is listen, hopefully, and, and I'll be done with this. But I'm telling you, man, uh, little town of Bethlehem, it's amazing what little towns, you know what is interesting is out of little things come great things sometimes. Sometimes we feel like we're not doing much. And you'll find out that uh, in the process of this right here that in little things sometimes the greatest things come out of the little things. Matthew, Matthew 118. Uh, great passage of scripture. Jesus Christ is sitting there. Uh, it, the, it's recorded by Matthew. And it says, uh, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. We sit there and look at the birth of Jesus Christ and we'll, we'll, we'll focus down to a manger scene in Bethlehem. But like Brother Joe was sitting here saying when he was a little boy, he was in his room and, and the things that the Lord had done to get a hold of him and to do this. There is so much stuff behind the little things that you see. The birth of Jesus Christ was a fraction of what actually occurred up to that point. It was a, just a, a, a hairline. From, uh, James says your life is but a vapor. You know what the Lord's life was? 33 years, it was less than a vapor. If your life is 60, 70 years old, you're going to have twice the amount of time the Lord Jesus Christ had on this planet. It's a vapor. Poof, gone. Yet we spend time, and I think that our society spends the time on it so that they can make money on the holiday because they focus down on this, and everybody's got to buy this, and you got to have this, and you got to have this, and you need this, and you got to have the newest of this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And it drives everybody, it drives me crazy. I don't know about you, but it just it makes me go insane the birth of Jesus Christ was on this side. Luke and Matthew both give the lineage of Jesus Christ. Matthew starts with Abraham and goes all the way down to Jesus Christ, or actually starts with Jesus Christ and goes to Abraham, 14 generations. And the other side goes from uh, Jesus Christ all the way down to God Almighty. I'm just going to look at the Luke side here real quick. Uh, the birth of Jesus was on this wise, and I flipped it around, and I'm going to start with God. Before anything was, I like Peter. 1 Peter 1.18 says this. Uh, go there. You need to look at some of these verses. 1 Peter 1.18. A couple of the first ones we'll just look at, and then, then uh, I'll buzz through all the rest of them. 1.18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was made uh, was, was manifest in these last times for you. You want a Christmas present? Before the universe existed, God was planning this thing out. 
before he knew what he was going to do, before this thing ever, before a star was in the sky, before the moon, the sun, any galaxies, they said there's billions of galaxies, before any of that stuff was out there, the, before the great deep was there, before heaven was there where God's throne was, he already had this thing planned out. This thing, the magnitude of the birth of Jesus Christ is so much bigger than just a moment. And we'll sit there and say, well, uh, December the 25th. I personally think it's back in September, October time frame. Could be totally wrong. Uh, but I mean, when you look at some things, I, that's just what I think. Uh, a date really doesn't matter at all. He was born. We definitely know that Hebrews 1, 1 says, God at sundry times in a diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophet hath in these last days spoken to us by his son in whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the world's. The world that he was going to come into, the universe that he was going to come in, the galaxy that he was going to be placed in, he made before he ever came into it. That's how precious your salvation is. That's how precious. When he said over in, he said, but with the precious blood of Christ. Do you not get how precious this is? Our society, we mock that thing when we sit there and we have the commerce that, hey, I'm all for it. I like presents. I like the cookies I got, by the way, man. They're my favorite cookies in the whole world. I know they're my favorite. I, I can already taste them. They're watering in my mouth. And maybe if I bite them and then spit them out, I'll be okay. But they say that stuff just absorbs in your body anyway, so it don't matter. You might as well go and swallow the thing. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, I like all that stuff. I like Easter. I like, I like gummy bears. I like all that stuff. But you know, I, I don't ever want to belittle something and they have a manger scene and, and the manger, you look at going down the road and you look at mangers, 90% of your mangers are wrong because they'll have the wise men there which didn't show up for a couple of years later. The manger scene is Joseph and Mary and a baby in a manger. It wasn't a cave. In Bethlehem, you go over, it was a cave. They say, oh, it was a cave because they used to build houses in front of caves. <laughs> I'm like, you're making the thing up. You're making it up as a goat. He said a manger. A manger is a place where they keep animals. Although today people keep animals in their house. So, I mean, <laughs> it could be a manger. I guess it could be. Uh, I mean, you'd start looking. I, I used to have dogs, man. I used to love my dogs, man. My mom and dad wouldn't let me have them in the house, though, for some reason. I don't know why. Because they mess. <laughs> You're probably like my dad was. But Jesus made the world. This is pre-Genesis 1.1. Then you get to Adam. Genesis 3.15. Now, he says, back in Micah. I'm going to go back here real quick, and I'm just going to keep the verse open so I can read it as, I, as we go through it. But back in Micah, he is sitting there going, he goes, have been from old, from everlasting. When he's talking about, he said, this, this, this child, this young, this, this ruler is going to come out of Bethlehem of Judea, uh, Zephyr. Even though you're little, even though you're little, he's coming out of there. Have you ever felt like you're little and you mean nothing? Most of the men I'm going to look at right here had really almost nothing to do with it. Adam. Adam and Eve, you get the story, and oh, it's all about them sinning and eating the fruit and getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And that was about it. But Adam had a son named Seth. And Seth comes down the line there, and he keeps going. And because he had that son, it gets all the way down. God had, when God says don't do something, there's a reason why he said don't do it. Because he's got a plan, and he wants, could you imagine to be in his plan? All these people get to be in his plan. And guess what? You can be in his plan too. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between thee, talking to the serpent, and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Two different seeds. 
There's going to come a day when there's going to be a conflict, and it's going to be between God and the devil, the Lord Jesus Christ and the devil. And he made that in Genesis 3.15. He says, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That was Calvary. He won't ever do that again. Brother, you got, you got a God that has planned something for so long that there is a birth of Jesus Christ, and it happens, and he tells you exactly where it is, and nobody can stop it. They can't even hinder the thing. Then you get Noah. Noah gets to build an ark. And we've told, you heard that story. And, and he gets a family through across an ark and the whole world is destroyed. But on the other side, he has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Shem starts a bloodline. And from Shem, it goes down to Abraham. Abraham's a unique man. Abraham's sitting up on the side of a mountainside all by himself, not part of any city, didn't want to be any part of any city. He stayed up on the side of the mountain. Abraham's a very, very wise man. He's a man in my Sunday school lesson. I had some things about him. That guy was unbelievable. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, here you go, Abraham. You wonder why God uses a man like Abraham? The Lord says, blessed is the man... He blessed Abraham with, with such a, he's talking about Jacob's ancestry, how Jacob could not, you know, the best thing you could ever have is a dad that loves Jesus Christ. Something better than that would be a mom and a grandpa and grandma. I mean, how are you going to really mess up really, really bad if you got that constantly? David or, or Abraham called on the name of the Lord all the time. You know what he did up on the side of the mountain? He's talking to God. Boy, you can't beat that. That's why he, Abraham's in the bloodline here. He calls upon God. He prays 20 years for a son. How long have you prayed for what you want? He paid 20 years, finally got Isaac. He got another one, but it's the wrong one. Sometimes you jump the gun too much. Puts God ahead of the most precious things he had on this earth. That was his son. God said, take your son, take him up to the side of the mountain. I want you to sacrifice him. Abraham did that. You know what Abraham did? He was sold out. He was sold out. He comes down, God... But before the foundations of the world, God had Bethlehem in his eyesight. Brethren, do you not think that he has you in his eyesight? If he has every detail in his eyesight, what is going to happen up to that point? I'm not a Calvinist by no means. I'm just telling you, I got a Bible sitting here, and he sit here and said, Micah, he said, it's been of old. He goes, you're looking at something that's just going to be a vapor. He had James say a vapor. It's just going to be a vapor. And it's a good thing to have. You know, right now is the greatest time in the world to witness somebody. You can touch people's heart because little babies, for some reason, get to people. And Jesus laying in a manger out in the cold, man. I thought my mom, I can't believe, I can't believe God would put his son in a manger. Well, I can't believe he put us in his pigsty. I, could, I can't believe he'd make us live in this world the way it is. No, have you ever thought, maybe, I'm, I'm thankful, man. Uh, Jerry had out on the sign, be thankful. Are you thankful? I'm thankful about everything I got, man. I, I got to wake up anymore and do that. It's, if this eye doesn't work, this head don't work. My head was numb. I was like, from here up, it was numb. They couldn't find a the thing. They said, man, I got a big nose. I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? Noah, Shem, Abraham. Abraham, man, he was a great man. Who chaired, I watch this one, man. He gave the most precious thing he had. He gave others the choice first. Lot was sitting up on the side of the mountain. Abraham was in charge, and he said, Lot, choose what you want, man. You can take whatever you want, and I'll, I'll take what's left. You know what Abraham did? He was trusting God. Before the founding, God had Bethlehem in place. You know what Abraham had? He had God in, in his mind. 
And if you start doing this, what God can do is start using you and putting you in places. You say, well, what did Abraham do? He had a son named Isaac. And then he goes off the scene. That's all he did. He treats his enemies with tolerance and forbearance. He's a great man. He, the king of Sodom, he didn't, take, he didn't take nothing from anybody. Solomon, the king of Sodom came up and said, hey, I will give. He said, no, you take everything. He says, all I want is what is ours. Give the lot back what is his. Give the men what they, I don't want nothing you have. I don't want you to say what God gave me, you gave me. I want what I have from God. Boy, I tell you what, that's a heart there, man. You know what Abraham had? He had God in sight. You think, well, Abraham, you didn't do much. No, the Lord told him, he said, Genesis twenty-two seventeen, 17, that in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Thy seed is the stars of heaven. And, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of thy enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You know what he's looking at is Bethlehem. He's looking out there at a city. God's looking at a city out there named Bethlehem, and there's going to be a little baby come into that city one day. And that little baby is going to change everything. And it's still going to be down the road a ways. Abraham is out there probably... Uh, 12, 1,300 years before that point. You know, all he's doing is doing what he's supposed to do. You know, really all we should be doing is what we're supposed to be doing. You know what you got to do? Get in the Bible and find out, God, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? I want to be part of it. I don't think he's done with us yet. I think he's pretty much done with the planet. This place is really messed up. But on this planet, we're still here. And until he calls us out here, there's something that we can do. The question is, is what is it? It is not necessarily what you or I want to do. It's what does he want done. So many times men have their own plans. It wouldn't surprise me if Elon Musk doesn't run for president. He's like a Donald Trump. I mean, he is. And everybody's starting to like Elon Musk because now he's like, they say he's the biggest guy. I'm not, I'm not telling you to vote for Elon Musk. But that's this world, man. They'll go from one guy that's, that's not necessarily all normal and they'll go to somebody else who's not normal to get away from somebody who's definitely not normal. <laughs> Brother, this world is it's just the whole thing is insane. You know, the only thing you can do is say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And try to focus down your life and just do what he tells you to do. Uh, Isaac, Isaac had a great dad, Abraham. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had a son named Judah. Judah went out and messed up all over the place. But you know, the Lord's a merciful God and a gracious God. Judah, Judah goes out one day and, and uh, boy, wouldn't you, like your life, wouldn't you like your life put out in a book like this? I wouldn't. Judah goes out and on the way he meets a, a lady of the evening supposedly on the side. It's his daughter-in-law, Tamar. Now, how in the world could you not know that that's your daughter-in-law? I, I, some is, I mean, are you blind? <laughs> you know, what, what is wrong here? But anyways, he takes her. He gets her pregnant. He finds her pregnant. Now he wants to kill her. And Tamar says, oh, by the way, I, 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 whoever got me pregnant gave me these things when they got me pregnant. And, and whose who's are these? He goes, ooh, they're mine. Now, that's called adultery and fornication. That's, that's, that's like you die. Do you know that Tamar's son was Pharez? One of the two boys she had was Pharez. And Pharez is in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. God protects. What God has is a vision of Bethlehem. And he has a vision of a manger, and he doesn't care if it's out in the cold. And he doesn't care if it's, there's no room at the end. And he doesn't care. You know what he cares about? is us. 
the whole purpose of this thing and all that he did, and Micah sits there and says, that is to be a ruler in Israel whose going forth had been for, from the old and from the everlasting. He's telling you from Genesis all the way through what I've done to get to you. And he says it's precious. Joe said it right up here when he's giving his testimony. He goes, I remember when I was a little boy. Do you remember when you got saved? I can't. I'm like him, man. I'm, I, I can remember sitting there drinking whiskey sour, smoking cigarettes and smoking pot, reading my little Bible. And not even getting drunk and high no more. At least I didn't think it because I was understanding what that book, that book was talking. And I'm sitting here going, why would a God, now today I'm, I'm 42 years from that point. Why would a God that created all this care about me? Because he loves me. There's something that goes beyond just, we get caught up in this thing called Christmas. John Lennon said that, that the Beatles were the greatest thing, uh, they, that, the, that the world, more young people followed the Beatles than Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Who do you follow today? And do you follow that more than you do Jesus Christ? Now, it's not just the Beatles, because you got the Rolling Stones. I mentioned Sunday school class. You got, uh, I don't care, rock stars. You got, uh, uh, oh man, rhythm and blues. Uh, you got rap. I mean, you got country. You got country rap. And each one of these groups are taking thousands and hundreds of thousands of kids off the, off the streets and messing them up. The devil don't care how they get messed up. And here we are in a church with 75 people in it, and we think we're, brethren, what are we doing? You know what you're doing? You're little like Bethlehem, and you never know what God's going to do. <coughs> you can't look at all that. <laughs> you look at these big crowds, and you get, you get frustrated, and you get defeated, and you say, ah, so wait a second, man. God and me make a majority. I don't have to worry about everybody else. I don't have to worry. I mentioned that today, and I got it here somewhere. I'll, I'll do this for the church, for the, everybody that wasn't here. A Christian chaplain in the UK fired. Uh, he was fired, branded a terrorist for preaching to students about their religious rights. Now, this, is a, this guy is Reverend Bernard, Dr. Bernard Randall, 48. He is a Church of England chaplain. He's in a Church of England college. He is hired by the Church of England, and he's telling the kids in the Church of England college why they don't have to agree with the LGBTQT, whatever it is, and that they can believe what the church teaches, and they fire him. And the church is behind them getting fired. And they turn him in as a terrorist because he's going against the LGBTQ. Brethren, this thing is getting to the place where the world is trying to say, we've set our rules and we don't care if God, well, I'll tell you what, I got a Lord that was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, and he takes precedent over everything. And I really don't care about what this world says, and I don't care about anybody else, but I'm telling you this, you got to let some of this stuff go sometime. Uh, Perez had a son named Nason. Nason had a, had a son down the road, I'm, I'm skipping through all these, named Solomon. Solomon's an interesting young man. He gets to go. I think he's one of the two. I think he's one of the two spies that go into the land at the very end there and meet Rahab the harlot. Salmon ends up marrying Rahab. I think that was him. He probably got in there. He was with her enough. Uh, I mean, she was probably a pretty cute girl. I mean, he, he sat there and looked at her and said, man, she'd be a good wife. 
And she hung out a string on the wall. And, and Joshua, when they pulled up there and they got ready to tear the place down, he says, you two go in there and you go find Rahab and you take care of them. You meet their needs. You make sure that Rahab's taken care of because she took care of us. You know what God did before the foundation world? He said, man, I got to get, I got to get, not only I got a baby out here, I'm going to come and be a baby out here, but in the process over here, I got to get Rahab in this thing, and I'm going to bring Rahab. Who would think, man, we set standards up. Have you, are you prejudiced by any means? Do you think somebody can or cannot serve God because of what they are or who they were or what, you know, anybody can serve God? None of that stuff matters. People say, well, I know this and I know that. Good. <laughs> Jesus knows it all. I don't have to worry about a thing. He already has it all. I remember me and Beth, when we got married, I was sitting there looking. I said, man, Lord, I said, boy, me and her both got issues. <coughs> I said, if I throw her issues out the window, I got issues. And I said, if I had her issues into my issues, if you ever called me, and I had no idea he was ever going to do anything, but if you ever did, I said, man, I said, this is all going to be messed up. And he's like, I, he said, do I not know what I'm doing? And I thought, Oh, yeah, man, you do. <laughs> I said, by the way, you do know what's going on. I just trust you. Forget everything else. I don't really care. If this is the one you want me to have, then that's the one I'm going to have. And 33 years later, we're still married. We're getting ready to have an anniversary here. She's still happy with me. I'm still happy with her. I think it's going to work for a couple more years anyways. And I'm sitting here going, Lord, I said, you know what it is? The Lord has blessed. He says, Mike, you want to be a part of this? Just do your little part out here. You're not going to get a book in the Bible. You're not going to get verses written about you. You're never, you probably ain't going to get much of anything, and they'll probably forget you when you're gone. But you know what you can do? You can take a stand for me a couple places every now and then. And you don't have to worry about it. I like taking a stand, man. I like standing. I like this guy right here. You know what he did? He took a stand. He says, look, I've been in the church. The church in England is about that far from being a Catholic church. But the guy took a stand. He goes, the church teaches these things, and I'm telling the kids that you don't have to buy into that stuff. Now, he didn't say that those people were wrong or anything else. He just said, you don't have to buy into their stuff. And he was fired. Why? Because the world has done bought into it. You know, the Lord says he brought all that stuff in. I'm going to get in a few things there in a second. Simon, Numbers 24, here he is. And when Balaam, Balaam started to curse the nation of Israel as they're coming out and they're getting ready to go in the promised land. Balaam tries to curse them. He can't do it. As, as Balaam is cursing them, Solomon's out there in that crowd. And he sits there, and he, and he goes, uh, Numbers 24, 7 says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. The Lord said in Micah, he goes, it's been told from old what's going to happen all the way through. Brother, your Bible is, is about as real as it can be. It's as simple as it can be. It's real. You say, I like exciting. You know, a lot of people, they like you to preach on sin, sin. You know what? If you get in your Bible, you should be able to read that you're a sinner. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. If you get in your Bible, guess what? You're going to figure out where you're sinning at. You know, if you get in your Bible, you're going to get a relationship with Jesus Christ the way you should. And you're, not, you're going to try to keep from sinning like the Bible says we are. You, have you ever thought that maybe you ought to just sit back and worship, oh, worship the king? I like that songbook, man. The first song in your songbook, the first one, well, it should be. There's a couple here. <clears throat> oh, worship the king, all glorious above, and gratefully sing his power and his love. It wasn't just 2,000 years ago in a manger. It was long before that. It was before anything was. 
uh, our shield and defender and ancient of days, pavilion in splendor and girded with praise. You know what all these men got to be? Teeny weeny, itsy bitsy little part. I can't miss Boaz, man. Boaz the Bethlehemite. He's right in Bethlehem. He's right where Jesus is going to come 2000, about 1,400 years later, whatever it is. He's right there. You know, Boaz, he gets up in the morning, goes out to his field. He don't care. He does what he's supposed to do every day. People say, well, I'm not serving God. I'm not on a street corner preaching. I'm not out passing the I'm not doing it. You know what Boaz did? He just took care of business. He took care of some people God gave him. He made sure people had jobs. He made sure his fields were taken care of. He sold his product. He goes out and Phil says, hey, how's it going? Great, Mr. Boaz. Y'all doing good? Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what Boaz did. You know, when you do what you do on a daily basis, are you sat satisfied with what you're doing? Do you praise God in what you're doing? Thanking the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm glad I woke up this morning. I'm glad I get this privilege to do this. I'm glad I get to do this. I'm glad I get to do this. What little piece I got. You know, sometimes I look at myself and say, Lord, I am absolutely nothing. He goes, yeah, you're right. He, well, the worst thing is, is when he agrees with you. And he goes, but you're talking to me, aren't you? Yeah. I said, yeah. He goes, that's something. He goes, you know how many people can't do that? Right. You know, I said there last night I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, I'm sorry that I'm just wicked and no good. I said, I know what my problem is. I said, I know you too well. I said, I know you're merciful and gracious and kind and, and long-suffering and you forgive me. I know that. I still know that. And I said, I think I'd take advantage of that. I said, man, you need to smash me. <laughs> That's what I was praying last night. Now, you think I'm crazy. I'm sitting there going, and then I start laughing. I'm like, why do you let me even know you? Why would you do that? Why would you give me the time of day? Why? Because I love you. And he goes, I know you think you know me, but you don't know me well enough yet. If you did, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. I said, okay, okay, you got it, man. Boy, I like Boaz, man. One day, here comes Ruth. Just got her hit humble. Before you ever get exalted, you need to be humble. You know, it must be a humbling thing to walk out in the field and be somebody that's not part of the country. Be a, I mean, the people coming across the border down there, it must be humbling for them. They're coming into a country that they know that they, they have nothing to do. They have no part of this thing and, the whole country probably hates them. And they're coming in trying to survive. Just trying to, they're just trying to get a piece of bread. Have you ever been in a place where all you wanted to do was just get a morsel to eat? And you got kids and you just want, have you ever been in a place like that? They are. They're just trying to survive. And you know what we do? We throw them out there. We throw them under the bus. Want to send them, I'm, I'm not saying let them come in. I'm not for it. I don't know what the answer is for that. I'm just looking at these are people, real live people. They're not animals, they're not dogs. Even the Bible says you should take care of your animals, your beast. Here's these people, that's Ruth coming in. And here's Ruth. And she's out there in the field just trying to find some grapes or something that's left over that they didn't, or barley that they didn't get. And Boaz checks her out and says, man, he goes, he already knew who she was before that day. And then he goes, oh, I know who exactly who that is. And the next thing you know, them two get married, and, and guess what? The Lord still has his eyes on Bethlehem, and Ruth and Boaz is right in the middle of that thing. And then Obed comes in, and Jesse comes in, and David comes in. And guess who's right in the middle of that thing? All of them. You say, what did Boaz do? 
He married a girl, had a kid, and died. His kid grew up, Obed, married a girl, had a kid, he died. Obed got up, got, got married a girl. She had a whole bunch of kids, and then he died. And out of all those kids, one of these little, the runt of the litter, comes up to be king. And he's a picture of Jesus Christ. He goes, and you can't ever figure that thing out in a million years. He said over there, he goes, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. You know what David was? He's out there in the field in Bethlehem, just hanging out, taking care of what his daddy said to do. You say, well, I'm missing everything in the world. David had missed a thing. As a matter of fact, he's coming back in the millennium, and he's going to rule and reign. God's going to bring him back to life, and he's going to rule and reign in the millennium for a thousand years. That's David. He's going to be sitting on the throne over there. That's David. He didn't miss a thing. But I'm just sitting out here. You know, what, you know what you miss by getting all the stuff too early? You miss that relationship with God. You know what David got out in the field out there? He got a relationship. And he knew how to talk to the Lord. And he knew how to get on the Lord's side. Big old giant guy, you're going to mess with my army? That's God's army. You offend my God. I did that once. Man, that works. <laughs> you talk about getting some people mad. Go up to a bunch of old master chiefs and take your finger and stick it right in their face and say, you offend my God. And you're just little E6. See how fast, it, and you do it in a cheese mess, too. <laughs> this thing is great, man. You know, you, at that point, you forget everything else that's behind you. You don't care. Who is on the Lord's side? That's what Joshua said. Who's on the Lord's side? I got on the Lord's side, and boy, the moment I made that decision, he said, now, John, let's go do something. He said, I want you to do this right in front of Blackburn's face. I want you to get kicked out of here, and I want you to go. And I'm telling you, I'm floating down the hallway. You, brother, I'm telling you, what, if you ever get a chance to do that, do it. Because it'll, it'll, it'll give you something to talk about the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a blast, man. I get to, it was just a little thing. It'll never be written in the annals of the, the Bible. I bet you the Lord's got it in heaven somewhere written down. I bet you that's got me out of a lot of trouble because of stuff like that. Where the Lord, but I didn't do it because I wanted to do it to be a jerk. I did it because I knew that's what the Lord wanted me to do. I knew that it was either him or them. And I would be, rather be on his side than on their side any day of the week. I'd rather be on his side. It's It's done. Nathan, David has an affair with a lady, kills her husband. Lord, Lord gets mad at him, doesn't kill him, takes the firstborn baby and, and kills that. And those two have four other sons. And the bloodline splits right there, and it goes Solomon and Nathan. And it goes right on down to Mary and, and Joseph. And this line right here, Satan's always trying to mess with this line right here. And the Lord's kind of just playing from bringing it right down this line over here. And there's a day out there, it says right here, Matthew, and as was supposed, the son of Joseph. Isaiah 7, 14 says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Now we're going to get back to Bethlehem. And bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 2,000 years ago, that's what we're doing here. It's something you never want to forget. You say, well, I've heard this story before. But that's fine. You never want to forget it. 2,000 years ago, God finalized. He didn't finalize it. He, he had a key thing happen in his plan that he'd been going on for eternity. And it played out exactly like he said it was going to play out. And he's not done yet. The thing played out exactly. Mary, could you imagine here's a young lady? Just trying to do the right thing. We got some young ladies just trying to do the right thing. And all of a sudden, here comes an angel out of the sky. That would freak you out. 
is Gabriel. And Gabriel says, Mary, yes. Oh, God. Falls down, gets him. Gabriel, I, I, know, I, think, I think God is sexist. Because if a guy did that, he would, he would shut you down, cut your tongue out, do something to you. A lady does that. He says, oh, that's okay. That's fine. You, you cannot, uh, just trust me. Or she just, or the women are just trusting him. And the guys are just not. Mary, Mary sits there and she gets overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and, and she gets impregnated by God. Oh, that, we don't know if we believe that. Well, we can do that today, but that's okay. But God can't. He can build a universe, but he can't get his creation. I, I'm, it's crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Isaiah 11.1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Jesse's going to have a stem and it's going to be David. And out of David is going to come a branch, which is going to be Jesus Christ. It's foretold back in your Bible, all through your Bible about Jesus Christ. Every bit of it's foretold about him. Matthew 18.1. I'm going back there and I'm almost done. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. <clears throat> I've already brought you all the way through time, all the way up to this point right here. When he, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. That right there was a crime that she could have been killed for. That's called fornication. She, without a husband, uh, in their day and time, she could have been killed. But Joseph was different. Joseph sits there and starts thinking. And he, if he knows anything about his Bible, over in Isaiah, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways. You sit there thinking, God's thoughts are this, this girl's different. Than, she's different. She's different. Something's different about this whole thing, man. Verse 19 says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a, her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. I'm going to find a way to get her out of the trouble she's in and put her off to the side somewhere. You know, the hardest thing you'll ever do, because Joseph knew what his family was thinking, would be thinking. He knew what the, the, the religious leaders would be thinking. He knew what everybody else would be thinking, and he went against all of that for Mary. Because in his heart, he knew that something was right about this, and he didn't know what. The hardest thing you'll ever have to do in life is stand up for what you believe. And sometimes that will be against the religious systems and just like this man who stood up against the Church of England for what they're teaching. They're teaching the right thing, but and he tries to teach it. They say, you know, you've got to shut it down. We can't have you teach that thing. He stood up. Sometime to, to Martin Luther, I'm reading a book right now on 50 people that you should know something about. Martin Luther's wife was a phenomenal woman back in that day. In that day, she was phenomenal. Samuel Rutherford, Matthew Henry, We'll hear people today talk about these people, and they'll, they'll sit there and say, oh, this guy's this, and this guy's this, and this guy's this. Hey, you weren't there in the day when they had no computers. They had no electric lights. They had none of this stuff, and they served God with all their heart. What is wrong with us? These men and women back here, every single one of them lived by candlelight. They had to get up and do everything they had to do on a daily basis to serve God and their family. Martin Luther said that his wife, she drove him nuts. She was a, she's a little busybody. I said, man, that's like Beth. I said, it could be Beth Luther, man. I said, as I'm reading this thing, I mean, she's just like that lady. I said, but she hasn't got a Martin Luther. There's the problem. I wish she did. But you sit there and look at all that stuff, and I'm reading about these people's lives, and I said, Lord, this is, you know what they had? They had the simplicity of life. <laughs> our lives are so complicated anymore <laughs> that we have to do everything else. Let me ask you a question. Is what you do going to be in heaven? Then why do it? 
Now, I know we got to have some fun. I, I mean, that's, I'm learning that as, as a, I'm 65 years old, and I'm just like, Lord, I'm too old. I should turn this over to somebody and let them have it, and then I'm too old to get out of here because I, I can't even relate anymore with what's going on in this world. Everything is like fun, 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 fun. And I got it, man. I mean, you got to have fun. I know young people get I did. I had an old preacher friend of mine say, you did it when you were young. Why can't they? I'm like, oh, you have to always bring up everything in the past. But what if it was all wrong that I did? Should they do all the wrong? No. Brother, I'm telling you what, it's just a crazy thing. Joseph, Joseph took care of her, and he went against everything. And then he said, while he thought on these things, before the angel talked to him, the greatest thing that's ever going to happen is in that woman's womb. And the Holy Spirit is working all through this thing. And Joseph knows, probably knows there's something great getting. There's something about this situation I don't know about. There's something here that I've got to put my fingers on. And, I, and I, I'm just not going to do what everybody else tells. You know, sometimes the right thing to do is going to hurt. Joseph didn't care. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. And then gives him the rest of the story. If you go down to verse 25, it says, Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel said, Samuel, Joseph did exact. I mean, he got his family together and headed to Egypt. Well, no, he, he just, uh, in this case right here, had bidden him and, and he took him, took her and his wife. He doesn't take her to Egypt for a couple more years. But Joseph is sitting there and he does, the angel said, take her, don't care about what anybody says, take her. Joseph said, okay, I'm done. Mary must have really had Joseph's eye. Joseph really was on her side. Joseph gets the, the privilege to protect Mary. Now you say, what is that? Mary is bearing the child, Jesus Christ. He's, she's carrying in her womb the, the man God that's going to be born onto this planet, that's going to be the Savior of the world. She's carrying him. Joseph gets the privilege to take care of her. He gets the privilege to protect Jesus. He was given one of the greatest tasks in the Bible to do, and that's raise the Lord, to get him to a place where he could take care of himself. You say, well, Bethlehem is a little bitty place. Yeah, it sure is, man, but there's a whole lot of stuff that happens in Bethlehem. But the story doesn't stop here. If it stopped at the birth of Jesus Christ, then you could say that. But I'm going to finish it up here real quick. Herod, two years from that date, two years later, there's a young child there at their house and his young child. The wise men come in. They're sitting there, go to Herod, because they go right to the king like they should. They said, where is he that is going to be king of Israel? And he said, we've seen a star. Herod sends them out to find him. They can't. Jeremiah 31, 15 says, and thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentations and, and bitter weeping. Raphael weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Herod because he couldn't find the Christ and the wise men didn't come back, he said, go over here and kill every child two years older and younger. Every man child. The Lord told Joseph, get up and head to Egypt. You know what Joseph does? He gets up and heads to Egypt. You don't hear a whole lot more about Joseph after that. He, he brings the child back, he brings Christ back, and he raises him, but that's about all you ever hear about Joseph. You know, sometimes our lives, we think our lives are, are crazy and they're small and they're not, we don't have anything going on. But Joseph got that when Herod did what he did, uh, Hosea 11.1 1 says, one day when Herod was dead, 
It says, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. And there's another prophecy where God said, bring him back into the land. And Jesus comes back in. 1 Timothy 2.1, give me one second. I exhort thee, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made to all men. For kings and for all that's in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is the good and acceptable, uh, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, <clears throat> who will have all men be saved. The purpose of, of Bethlehem was to have, for Jesus to get born in a manger, was decided before the foundation of the world to come all the way through so that we could get saved. If you're in this room today and you're saved, you got one of the greatest gifts in this universe. Not on this planet, in this universe. He said, we'll have all men to be saved. The Lord, God Almighty, before the foundations of the world, set a plan in motion to reach a little town called Bethlehem. And in a manger, a little baby to be born. A woman come to term in that town. The Bible says there's no room in the inn. The Lord didn't care. Go in the manger. Say, whoa, isn't that a dirty place? There's feces all over the dog and donkeys and all this other stuff. My granddaughter can't tell the difference between a camel and a donkey. <laughs> They're trying to teach her. She'll get it. She'll get it. But, but you sit there and say, all this stuff, you know, can God take care of that stuff? We worry about this and this and all this other stuff that goes on in this world, and they try to get you to all oh, this medical stuff and this and this and this and this. No, can God take care of all that stuff or not? Can I trust him today like Joseph trusted him back then? You know, the day, the day I got saved, I trusted him. And it's been pretty good. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. If the story stopped in the manger, which we're getting Christmas next week, and then we'll go into New Year's, and then it'll start all over again. But if it stopped there, the story, same old story, over. tell me the old, old story. Tell me it over, over and over again. He was born 2,000 years ago in a manger. What a scene that would have been. The angels there in the field telling him, star, I mean, this, I could imagine a star sitting over the, I could have just, I mean, you could see it just sitting there. Middle of the pitch black night and the star just pointing right down the bottom of it, pointing right down to that manger. When the Lord came in and made an entrance, it was a triumphant in, entry into this world. And certain people were privy to it and others weren't. The wise men got to come and see it. And then they knew and went on. They were wise. They were wise. This little song I was thinking about, I'll be in the, Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how sweet still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hope and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep 
their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth and praise sings to God and praises sings to God the King and I can't get it and peace to men on earth. <clears throat> how silent, how... I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to mess the rest of it up. We'll let Joe, we'll sing it. How about that, man? You know what? You got a song right here, a little town, just a little town. And in God's eyes, a little town means more than anything else. In God's eyes, there was a cross that was going to be at Calvary that meant more than anything else. Why? It wasn't the cross, and it wasn't the manger. It was the day that he rose from the grave, and he came back home. And he's been sitting there for 2,000 years, ready to come back. And one of these days, he's coming back. And this world will not stop him. It will not stop him. He will be back right on time, just like he was from the foundation of the world to right now. All we got to do is hang in there for just a little bit longer and say, Lord, can I be a Seth? Can I just be one of these guys who really, I'm just a Gentile. I'm not even in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I'm not even a Jew. I'm just a Gentile. Can I just do something while I got a few more moments left? Why? Because of what you did for me. What have you done for him today? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, forgive me for my singing. But Lord, uh, little things are great to you. Always have been great to you, Lord. And Lord, here's a little church, just a bunch of little people in a little town, in a little city, in a little state called Dayton. In Ohio, Lord, we're just here trying to serve you. Lord, I pray that you show us. And, Lord, thank you that 2,000 years ago you were born of a woman. Thank you for Mary, and you took care of her from the foundation of the world, Lord. You had that planned. And, Lord, you have what we're doing planned also out there. Help us to get into your plan, Lord, and thank you for it. Thank you for salvation and a way that we could find you. And, and Lord, opening our eyes and our ears. Lord, I pray if there's anybody that doesn't know you as their personal Savior here today, that you'd open their eyes and show them their need of a Savior. For the rest of us, Lord, that you'd show us that it's, there's just not much time left and that we can get on your side and still do something great for you, even though we're small. Again, thank you for your blessings, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.